Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. Eye on the Hill 2021. In-depth coverage on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. I, if you've been listening to this program over the past year or so that I've been the host, you know I have a great affection for uh, the United States Congress and the work that it does there and the men and women both uh, who hold elected office and those who serve as staffers. I was a congressional aide myself, and I'll tell you what, the the hours are long. Uh, some of the work is pretty thankless, and sometimes, sometimes it leads to, to nothing. Yeah, uh, sometimes you can spend uh, weeks and weeks and weeks on some big legislative pro- uh, project. In fact, sometimes those projects span years where you do what you can to assemble a coalition of supporters. You do what you can to convince uh, other staffers and other members of Congress that what you're working on is worthy of legislative time, is worthy of debate in the various committees and on the floor of the House and the Senate. And then, you know what? Uh, the winds shift or uh, you can't get enough folks on board or leadership isn't a fan of what you're working on, and it's all for naught. But along the way, you learn a lot. Along the way, you teach a lot. And so, yeah, I might be the only one in media saying this, uh, but that sometimes the slow-moving nature of the United States Congress uh, it has has plenty of benefits on its own. Much is learned in the process and also that deliberative process. Sometimes the the days, weeks, and even years that go into debating an issue are actually opportunities to make sure that what ultimately makes it to the floor uh, is is worthy of the taxpayers' time, worthy of consideration by those members of Congress entrusted uh, to to vote and make those types of decisions by Americans like you and me. I say that because it's not the only legislature that I have a fond affection for. If you turn back the hands of time, now 11 years, I was uh, a young intern working for uh, then-Representative Carl Wimmer uh, in the 2010 general session of the Utah State Legislature. And here in in Utah, you have to always remind yourself that we do have a special thing going on here in Utah, that it's not like other states. You heard uh, earlier in the week, I or rather last week, talking about how the Utah legislature is a part-time legislature. You know that. Uh, it's 45 days in length, and then the lawmakers go uh, back to their normal lives, occasionally reconvening for special sessions or other bits of work required of them. That's not the case elsewhere. There are other states, sure, that have part-time legislatures, but there are many states where they have a full-time legislature, and that legislature is driven by the decision-making from the top down. The example that comes to mind is the Assembly of New York State. 
we call it a legislature here. They call it an assembly. Uh, same deal. It's a statewide legislative body. Uh, in, in New York, those lawmakers, uh, they work full time, round, round the clock, all year long. But what's different there than here is that people like you and me, uh, we don't have, you know, ready access to the leaders of the assembly. You and I, uh, we can't just go on to the state's website and click and clack around a few pages and see, oh my gosh, there is the home phone number of my legislator. Uh, there's their email address. Uh, and when you have a question of your lawmaker, when you have uh, a comment you'd like to share, you can very easily do that here in Utah. And the predominant attitude amongst our lawmakers is to be accessible. Yeah. Uh, on Friday, we are going to have a conversation with a lawmaker with whom I have never before interacted. But yesterday, I noticed there was a, a piece of legislation uh, dealing with marriage. It's interesting. Be sure to tune in on Friday at one thirty. But uh, I, I had never before spoken to this legislator. Uh, we've never met. Uh, and yet I was able to go to the state site. I was able to, and not any special access because I'm like a big shot talk show host. No. I went through the front door. I found the lawmaker's uh, cell phone number. Uh, we exchanged some texts through the day yesterday, and that uh, will ultimately lead to, I think, a pretty fascinating conversation this coming Friday. Why do I share any of this? Well, you see, that level of access that we have here to the Utah State Legislature uh, has only grown in the midst of COVID-19. The 2021 general session is unlike any before because, well, you and I, members of the public, we we don't have physical access to the facilities for the most part. There are exceptions, certainly. Uh, some witnesses may be able to participate in committee activities. Uh, but for the most part, you and I are able only to access things remotely. And so, well, how do we do that? The website of the Utah State Legislature, uh, it's le.utah.gov, le.utah.gov. And this year, it's organized in a, in a slightly different way. There, you can click on the calendar, and you can see all of the events that are taking place uh, on any given day. If you look right now, you would see the first day of the annual general session, first Tuesday after the third Monday in January. Statutorily, that's when things start. Uh, there is time uh, on the Senate chamber floor and on the House floor. Right now, that's taking place. And you can see a little indicator here yeah, where if you were to click on the play button, you would be navigated to a live stream of the proceedings on the floor of both the House and Senate. I'd invite you to do this. I'd invite you to take a look and see exactly how this works. You're home anyway, maybe. <laughs> and the kids, they've figured out how to use the, the computer pretty well. Take a peek in on how the legislative action works here in the state of Utah. I think you'll be pleased. Why? Well, because the the manner of speaking, the issues at hand, uh, they're all things that for the most part you and I can relate to. And in years prior, uh, you may not have ever had opportunity or a reminder to, uh, you know, drive up Utah's Capitol Hill, park yourself in the gallery and listen to the debates that take place. It's a fascinating process. You also will have opportunity to weigh in uh, during public comment sections. So there are committee hearings 
that take place for each bit of legislation before it makes it to the full House or Senate floor. And in that committee setting, there is almost always an opportunity for the public to weigh in. You can do so this year online. You can do so this year online. Uh, also, uh, something available to you at le.utah.gov, the state's legislative website. Now, I am a little bit torn about all this. I do lament the fact that, you know, if you were to drive up to Utah's Capitol Hill right now, you wouldn't see, uh, say, that big cafeteria uh, off to the side in the building there. You wouldn't see in the grand foyer there between the the Supreme Court chambers and the House chambers, you wouldn't see a big gathering of people. It's not like that this year, unfortunately. Because in that setting, you're able to, uh, you know, read people's, uh, you know, facial tics and responses as you interact with them. If you are trying to convince someone of your uh, point of view, I think being face to face physically uh, gives you uh, an advantage in knowing how they're feeling and reacting. Now, uh, of course, we're going to, for the most part, be doing this online. But I said I'm torn. This online offering or at least the more robust nature of this online offering. We've always had, uh, you know, relative access to the proceedings there online virtually, but now there will be even more. I think that's good in that just as voter participation increased and has increased over the past, what, 13, 14 years here in Utah, as we have leaned into what technology uh, offers us and as we have leaned into how more efficient systems uh, are available to us. We lean into those systems. I think that participation and information and exposure to this will only increase. And if that happens due to COVID-19, or at least our reaction to the circumstances and the cards dealt us by COVID-19, well, then uh, it's not a total loss. If you're more involved, you're more informed. And if you're more informed, you're better armed to protect yourself and your family. Uh, and so with that, uh, I'm sorry that folks aren't meeting up together face-to-face like in years past. But I am pleased that the door is wide open to you via the computer or your cell phone or your tablet to have a bird's-eye view on what's going on on Utah's Capitol Hill. Not just that. Participate yourself. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.